next on the 5 o'clock report. Extend the pause. Putin isn't going to seek any kind of negotiated peace in Ukraine until he sees the results of the 2024 U.S. election. She loves her family. Should what a five-year-old wears be a national story? A testament to his skills as a pilot. Three, two, one. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. Snow totals are in from that lake effect storm that impacted hundreds of towns in western and central New York the past two days. The winner is the town of Redfield, north of Syracuse, with a stunning 33 inches of snow before December even hits. Holland and Sardinia got 15 inches in Erie County. We have a little warm-up ahead. Kevin has your forecast in a few minutes. Hamas has begun releasing more hostages in Gaza, and one of them will be an American. We're expecting to see a further 10 hostages freed from Gaza, a mixture of women and children. Top U.S. leaders are heading to Israel to help with negotiations. We'll be focused on doing what we can to extend the pause so that we can continue to get more hostages out and more humanitarian assistance in. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Tel Aviv. No peace in Europe, though. The conflict between Ukraine and Russia is dragging on. U.S. officials are saying now that they're pretty confident that Putin isn't going to seek any kind of negotiated peace in Ukraine until he sees the results of the 2024 U.S. election, which means that that negotiated solution is that much farther away. In battle, Congressman George Santos says he will not resign, but he might get kicked out. There's a House vote this week. Here's Speaker Mike Johnson with more. I personally have real reservations about doing this. I'm concerned about a precedent that may be set for that. A final day of tributes poured in to a former first lady today. Here's Rosalind Carter's grandson at her burial in Plains, Georgia. She was kind, loving and caring. She drew a lot of energy from her grandkids and later her great-grandkids. She loved her family. 99-year-old former President Jimmy Carter also in attendance at her service. 86-year-old Pope Francis was out in public today. He sounded a bit under the weather a day after canceling a trip to Dubai because of the flu. A five-year-old Kansas City Chiefs fan is being criticized by a liberal media publication for dressing up in Native American garb at Sunday's game at Arrow Head Stadium. Should what a five-year-old wears be a national story worthy of condemnation on a sports website or any other website uh, for that matter? I think the answer is no. Outkick founder Clay Travis says this. I think this kid and his parents should sue Deadspin's website for defamation, the writer as well. It's clear they ran with something that wasn't remotely true. This is a a lawsuit that this kid and his family would win, and uh, I think he could bankrupt uh, Deadspin. The website accused the five-year-old of wearing blackface, despite the other half of his face being painted red. The boy in question, by the way, is Native American. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is at the southern border today as the flood of migrants continues to arrive daily from Mexico. Here's correspondent Griff Jenkins. Secretary Mayorkas's visit couldn't come at a more critical time because the holiday week did nothing to slow the surge. In just the past 24 hours, there have been over 9,300 migrant encounters 
containers at the place where the U.S. meets Mexico. China is bringing masks back and social distancing as it battles a mysterious pneumonia outbreak four years after COVID. Alarming footage of overcrowded emergency rooms has emerged from the communist nation. They're calling it white lung syndrome in China, and children seem to be impacted the most. And the Rockefeller Christmas tree gets lit up tonight in Midtown Manhattan. It's that tree that came from Vestal, New York. This year's tree is 80 feet tall, 43 feet wide, and weighs a whopping 12 tons. The Norway spruce will be adorned with 50,000 multicolored LED lights and topped by a 9-foot star with 3 million crystals. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, pro-life pregnancy centers under attack, changes to mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, bicyclist protections, and three missing bulls in New York. Those stories after weather with Kevin Williams. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Patchy clouds, a couple of flurries in western New York, and times of moonlight. Low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. Thursday, partly sunny. Not as cold as recent days, the high in the 40s. Friday, cloudy with rain. There'll be a little spot of sleet or snow in the mix for some. High temperatures Friday, upper 30s to the middle 40s. Sounds better than all that snow. Thank you, Kevin. Checking the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. The Shapiro administration is going after pro-life pregnancy centers in the Keystone State. Family Life's Bob Price explains. Yes, Sarah, using taxpayer dollars, Governor Shapiro has ordered his administration set up an online complaint form that targets pro-life groups. Attorney General Michelle Henry announcing the snitch line to report so-called misleading and deceptive conduct on the part of pregnancy help centers. The Pennsylvania Family Institute says Governor Shapiro's ultimate goal here is to permanently shut down the life-affirming work of pregnancy help centers. Bob Price, Family Life News. The SUNY school system was just recognized nationally for its COVID-19 pandemic response. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Roger Johnson was hired as a State University of New York nurse during the pandemic and was tasked with managing the virus on campus at SUNY Jamestown, a community college in western New York. We did with what we had. As a community college, we learned to do um, a lot more with less. His team called patients daily, connected students with resources, tracked the numbers, led clinics, and partnered with the state. The American College Health Association just recognized SUNY for their work in preventing the spread of the disease and called the college system a model for all schools during a public health crisis. Changes are coming to Pennsylvania mail-in ballots. Family Life's Greg Gillespie has more. Pennsylvania voters will receive slightly different mail-in ballot materials for the 2024 primaries. The Shapiro administration says the goal is to decrease voter confusion, reduce the number of rejected ballots, and increase proficiency for county election workers. Some of the changes you'll see, new secrecy envelopes, different colors for the inner and outer envelopes, a full page of instructions, and pre-filled lines with the dates. The average election office had to reject 17,000 ballots. That's the average per county because of simple preventable errors. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Bicyclists have the same protections as drivers when stopped by police. So says New York's highest court in a 4-3 to three ruling. To protect them and to make sure that they are not being stopped at a whim 
by an officer with just a mere suspicion. Daniel Lambright is an attorney for the ACLU, and he says the previous standard treated people on a bike the same way that officers could stop and investigate a pedestrian. If an individual is driving in a car, they need what's called reasonable suspicion because a stop of a car it constitutes a seizure. So that's a higher level of a belief. Some law enforcement groups say the Court of Appeals decision will mean some bicyclists who should be questioned and perhaps arrested may get to go free. Police in Dryden, New York, are looking for a trio of bulls that escaped from an auction across the street from an elementary school. As a precaution, the district kept the kids inside yesterday. The animals have been able to evade capture for several days, and one of the young bulls, we're told, is wild and will charge if felt threatened. And Christians often want to be a faith witness to neighbors and co-workers, but our guest on today's Family Life News feature says that many of those people are less likely to want to hear about Jesus Christ because they've been hurt by some Christian. Here's some of our conversation with Kathleen Miller-Feebles. Let's listen in. And I think a lot of times we're prone to respond with a posture of defensiveness. We weren't the ones who committed this or that fault. Or we go in our mind to all the good that has come from Christianity first. And there's a place for that. But I think when we first respond with just defensiveness, we can come across as callous mm-hmm. or just really uncompassionate mm-hmm. towards what this person's experienced, what they've experienced by someone, maybe even in the name of Christ. And if they don't feel heard and understood, I think they're far less likely to hear us or even want to understand us back. And then I think the real courage comes in in the next steps, which can still be done with that patient tongue. We should dean out unchristlikeness. We should call out what our Christ is not like. But we also want to affirm who Christ is and what he is like. Because like Roman 3 tells us, we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We do still believe that Jesus lived the only perfect life. You know, I think one of the next best things we can do is also turn the tables a little bit by seeking common ground. And I don't mean turn the tables in a argumentative or combative sense, but asking questions back of the other person that challenges them to, to think really critically, too. You know, Christ is no question and represented poorly by believers, mm-hmm. all believers, including me, including us. Mm-hmm. But followers of any other movement or religious system have poorly represented their true beliefs at times, too, including the the person sitting across from you. And if you can get them to start thinking about that, mm-hmm. it helps them get at the source of this. Mm-hmm. If we can come back to that and sort of join arms with the person we sit with and look and examine Christ together and how he is all that is good and true and trustworthy and pure and right in the world. That can be a real powerful place as he works to draw all people, including them, to himself. Kathleen Miller-Feebles of the Gospel Coalition is speaking. Martha Manikas Foster's full 16-minute interview with her is on the Inside Out podcast. You can find that at familylife.org. It's time next for tonight's Market Report brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti. Stocks are mixed today. Market rallies continue as investors regain some confidence. That is the Federal Reserve comments about the central bank's policies efforts on cooling inflation seem to be working. Market rallies are continuing as investors are regaining some confidence thanks in part to Federal Reserve comments on the central bank's policy efforts on cooling inflation and how they seem to be working. Disney CEO Bob Iger planning to rebuild Disney in the coming year after job cuts and reorganization starting with the studio division as Disney films released lately have been a flop. 
General Motors is executing a budget to offset the loss in profit and new labor deal costs, as well as pitching to Wall Street a dividend increase and a $10 billion stock buyback. NBA team owner of the Dallas Mavericks, CEO Mark Cuban, selling his majority position to casino giant Miriam Adelson and her family. Concerns of whether the Mavericks will leave Texas to relocate to Vegas is still unclear, and Mark Cuban will still have some stake and continue to supervise operations. The S&P 500 sector gains today coming from financial and real estate, losses from utilities and energy, crude oil closing above $77 a barrel. The Dow gaining 13 points, the Nasdaq fell 23, the S&P 500 down 4. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more online at ambassadoradvisors.com. Saving money can be difficult, but it's a key biblical principle. Hi, I'm Rob West with the Faith and Finance Minute. While an unfortunate few can't save, those living below the poverty level, for example, most folks do make enough to save something. The problem is a lack of self-discipline. The only way you can begin to save is by learning to live on less than you make. And the only way to do that is by living on a budget. The FaithFi app can help you prepare one. Get it wherever you download apps. Just look for Faith and Finance. Then resolve to save something every payday, even if it's just a little to start. Finally, pray for self-control. Proverbs 21 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. We can help you learn to manage your money according to biblical principles when you download the free FaithFi app. You'll find it on our website at faithfi.com. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, what would you do if you were on a highway and saw a plane about to land on top of you? It happened in Minnesota yesterday, and the end of the story is incredible. We have it after weather with Kevin Williams. The lake effect event that has affected parts of the region is winding down now, and more moderate temperatures and clearing skies will set us up for a more pleasant day tomorrow. The call for tonight, still a few flurries in parts of western New York, otherwise... Paramount cloud cover in New York State, partly moonlit in Pennsylvania, low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. For tomorrow, partly sunny, not as cold as recent days, the high temperature in the 40s. And on Friday, cloudy with rain, there'll be a little sleet and snow in the mix in spots. High temperatures on Friday, upper 30s to the middle 40s. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at 5, miracle in the air. A 23-year-old pilot is being hailed a hero after he crash-landed his plane on a busy Minnesota highway yesterday. He did take out a car on the way down. They both were just twirling like a top for a second there. This driver saw the whole thing. It hit it with quite a bit of force, and the lights went down on the entire road immediately. Here's where it gets interesting, though. That small plane lost power, and the pilot was trying to put it down. He missed a moving train by 20 feet, as well as dozens of cars navigating and weaving through traffic 15 feet above the highway, trying to land in the safest space. That's when the plane hit power lines and started flipping. Then the landing gear was ripped off the bottom of the plane, and he still landed upright between traffic, just clipping a single car. The plane struck several overhead power lines um, on approach to the 
emergency landing site where it struck another uh, passing motorist. Not a single person was seriously hurt. The Minnesota State Police said it was pretty incredible navigating for a 23-year-old. The fact that he impacted one vehicle and was able to put the aircraft down probably is a testament to his skill as a pilot. Or the hand of God. That is the world that we live in for Wednesday, the 29th of November. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life.